Heavenly Father, thank you that you will take us deeper. We need a deeper walk with you, Lord. Every day, we need more of you. We need to keep our attention on you so that we don't become like Peter and start sinking. Father, help me to recognize the ways in which you're working to bring something new into my life. I know you've been faithful up until now. And I'm expecting for you to exceed my expectations in the future. To far exceed those expectations. So Father, prepare me. Prepare us for what you have next. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Have you ever heard a story of someone who was constantly living in the past? You know, the, the high school quarterback who was reliving that state championship touchdown throw over and over again. What is it about the past that keeps our attention? You know, the way it used to be, the way church used to be, the way the music used to be, the way we used to dress, the way, whatever you want to say, what is it about the past that keeps our attention? Even as time continues to march forward. And to be fair, we've all talked about times wanting to go back to the way things used to be. You know, back before COVID, we all want to get back to a point like that, but will we ever actually get there? I don't know if there is going back to before COVID. We talk about the good old days when things were simpler and life didn't seem so chaotic. Maybe the past is so attractive because it's safer than the present. Because there aren't going to be any painful surprises when we're looking backwards. No matter how bad your past was, there's no surprises because you know what happened. You can prepare yourself for it. But not in the present. We don't know what the next surprise is. See, the problem with this mindset is that you can't very well move forward if you're always living in the past. So today, we talk about leaving our past baggage behind us. 
for better or for worse, and moving confidently into the present reality of God's provision for each of us. Those former things that Isaiah was referring to could well have applied to the Egyptians at the time of the Exodus, or really any other point in Israel's history because they did it over and over again. Listen to Pharaoh's words to the nation of Israel. It said, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. See, at this point in the Israelite history, they were being granted freedom from over 400 years of slavery. It's hard to imagine what the people were feeling when they packed up their homes, their families, their livestock, and everything else that they owned and started walking into the wilderness toward the promised land. It's even harder to imagine that they would ever want to go back to their lives of servitude. But as we know, that is exactly what they eventually wanted. They wanted to go back to time of slavery. Wandering through the wilderness was hard. It was different from what they were used to. And many of them simply wanted to return to the way things used to be. Sound familiar? Do you think for a moment that you and I are any different than our distant Israelite relatives? Today celebrates seven years that this church was planted, and a lot has changed. I think back to seven years ago, and I told someone I wore this very same shirt seven years ago, and still fit in it. I wasn't wearing jeans back then. It was still a, a hard transition from a suit and a tie to the jeans. It took me a little while. I was wearing khakis. But seven years ago, how many of you were actually here seven years ago? Let me see your hand. I'm really glad to see Patty and Reed back today. See, seven years ago, I wasn't up here. Jack was up here preaching seven years ago. I was in the role that you probably would now call the executive pastor. I was behind the scenes making sure everything got done and kind of the, the puppet behind the scenes, but I wasn't the guy up here. And I never really planned on being the person up front preaching regularly. That was Jack's role. But then he and Marcy had this wild idea of moving back west. And if I'm honest with you, I may have put on a brave face, but I wasn't exactly sure how things were going to turn out when he left. I didn't know if I was going to have the time to prepare sermons. If I was going to, if you were even going to like anything I said when I got up here, I was nervous. I was much more comfortable behind the scenes than being up front. Things have changed. It'd be easy for me to say, I wish we could go back to the way it was seven years ago when I could just be the executive pastor. But that's not where God has us. It's not where he is 
leading us. It's easy to live in the past, but we have to live in the present and stop looking back. So listen to the encouragement that Paul gave the Galatian church. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul saying, leave the past in the past. Stand firm in your new found freedom. Don't go back to the way things used to be. What if God has something new for you? What if that new thing springs up right in front of you, but you are caught staring into the past and you never see it? In fact, Jesus addressed this beautifully in Luke chapter 9. He says, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks backward is fit for service in the kingdom of God harsh, isn't it? I want to be used in the service of the kingdom of God. I want to put my hand on the plow, but in order to do so, I can't look back. I can't live in the past. Because he tells us the best is yet to come. I believe that for this church. The best is yet to come. Two weeks from now, Roger Hernandez is going to be here and starting a series. He did this, I can't remember whether it was three or four years ago, but he did it once before, and I was a little disappointed with the attendance then, if I'm honest. We had really big-named music artists. I thought for sure it, people would flood this place. That was a different time. I believe this society... Our world is ready to hear a message of hope like never before. The music artist might not be as big a name, but the concerts are free. They want to, people that I know want to get back out and hear music. We have a bigger variety of music styles this time. A little plug when Roger comes if you attended last time you can see Celeste today and she will help you to re-register to make sure everything's up to date but if you weren't here four years ago or three years ago I'm not sure which go and register invite people because this is a time like never before to bring people to this church to hear messages of hope that only Roger can truly give. Because the best is yet to come. Think of a, I want you to each think of a moment where you were nervous, super excited, that the anticipation was welling up inside of you. Think of a moment where that applies to you. For me, I think of our wedding day. August the 12th, 2000, on the island of St. Lucia. We're in a gazebo overseeing the Caribbean Ocean. And I remember standing there watching as Amy started walking towards the gazebo. 
Talk about butterflies. Get me in a courtroom or up on a stage any day. It compared nothing to the butterflies of that day. Anticipation. Excitement. In fact, to tell a funny story about myself, I was so nervous that when I was supposed to be looking at Amy to recite my vows, I kept looking at the pastor. And she stopped and said, you might want to look at your wife when you say this. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I think there's a video of that somewhere that's really embarrassing, but it is what it is. It's that nervousness, anticipation, excitement. As believers, we have that anticipation. We have that excitement when we think about eternity in heaven with God, with Jesus, with all the other saints that have died before us. This is why we fix our eyes on Jesus as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who set an example for us and went before us. We're told that Jesus is there preparing a room for us. That same excitement that you feel about an upcoming travel destination or a family member or a retirement party or even a wedding should pale in comparison to the excitement you feel over eternity in heaven. And yet still, three sad words, and yet still, many of us are trapped, bogged down by the baggage of this life as we continue looking behind us at the things in the past. My encouragement today is similar to the encouragement I gave you last week. Let it go and move forward. Let it go. And then keep moving forward. See, life is an adventure full of plot twists and surprises. And yet at the same time, you have an eternal assurance of where you will ultimately end up. So live today like a person who is excited for and anticipating the most amazing, epic travel adventure of your life. Live like the best is yet to come, even if you can't see it. That's when it gets tough. When we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Because the truth is, it is easier to believe in God who will do something new and good in our life if we can see the blueprint of what it's going to look like. Early in my days of dating Amy, we would often get in my Jeep and put the top down and we'd go for a drive, having no idea where we were going to end up. We'd come to an intersection and we'd look at each other and say, left or right? And we do that at every intersection. No plan. Sometimes we ended up at some amazing places. Sometimes we ended up at some dead ends. But it was the adventure. Not knowing where we were going to end up. Not many people will go blindly wandering out on an adventure without knowing where they're going to go. And yet on some level, that's what a life of faith 
can feel like sometimes. We simply can't be in control all of the time. In fact, we probably control far less of our lives than we think we do. We can't stop what other people, what their choices impact our life. We can't insulate ourselves from every potentially bad or damaging situation in our life. But we do get to choose whether we hold on to that baggage or not. We do get to choose every day to move forward even if that path is unknown. Paul said it beautifully in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he says this, he says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and we are burdened. Because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by this life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. It's a long passage, and Paul is saying a lot, but the highlight is this. The idea that this is not our home. And while we are here, we long to be home with God in heaven. The Spirit was given as a, as a guarantee and a promise of the eternal life to come. This is the way God designed it. So we trust Him. We trust that the best is yet to come. And we walk by faith and not by sight. You've heard the story of Doubting Thomas. He's the one who heard about Jesus' resurrection and said, well, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I can put my finger in the holes in his hands, unless I can put my hand in his side, I will not believe. But then a week later when Jesus appears to Thomas, he says, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Talk about an awkward moment. Jesus tells Thomas to do the very thing he said he would have to do in order to believe. Then Jesus tells him, because you have seen me, you've believed. 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because that's the challenge for each and every one of us to believe in Jesus. In spite of our past, in spite of all the trauma, pain, and disappointment that we have experienced in our lives, in spite of the unknown adventure in the, the future holds for us, God is going to do new things in each of our lives. He has something for us here in the present and again in the future. He's prepared a place for us, an eternal home. So keep an eye out for him this week. Choose to walk in the freedom that you have in Jesus. Let go of that past baggage. And this week, travel light. Heavenly Father, thank you that you allow us to get rid of that baggage. Thank you that we can let go of it and that we can travel light because you have promised us. You've promised us an eternity with you. You've given us such a blessing. You've given this church such a blessing. Help us to live in that promise and to reach people for you. In Jesus' name, amen.